<laughs> Great. Thank you. Second Timothy chapter 2. Um, so, today's message is called A Fresh Start. A Fresh Start. And uh, I deliberately put a, a bunch of uh, the scriptures that we're going to go through today. Today I want to bathe you in scriptures. Just bathe you in scriptures. So, you know how I like sometimes to take a bath, but spiritually, you're going to take a bath today. And after you get out of a bath, don't you feel so peaceful and encouraged and uh, renewed? And so I hope that after today, you'll feel that uh, from God's word, that uh, God can speak more than me today. And, um, but we're going to talk about something that I think is so important for us, and that is understanding what it means spiritually to have a fresh start. And yes, this is a new year, but I believe every day, every second of the Christian life is a fresh start. And I love getting a fresh start. I love second chances. Don't you love second chances? You know, uh, oh, you, you messed up that test. There's actually a retake. You're like, thank you, you know. Or, man, you know, you, you didn't get it this time, but, but you can do that next time. Oh, really? You know, oh, you, you even in, with taxes, you can get an extension, you know. All these things are, are so encouraging, right? Spiritually, we do need fresh starts, amen? amen. And the two things I want to talk about today is... First, that God is a God of fresh starts. That our God is a God of fresh starts. He loves giving us fresh starts. And so in the new year, we see this as a a fresh start as, as, you know, people. But God, every day, every morning, amen, his mercies are new for us. His compassion is new for us. And we're going to talk about that. And then... As we do set spiritual aspirations or we desire to grow as Christians, be more like Jesus, it's important that we understand how we grow and how we make improvement because we can get discouraged, can't we? You know, 60% of people that set New Year's resolutions or goals fail after the first month. And that's challenging. You know, uh, you got the, 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 the uh, gyms out there. They fill their gyms to capacities. So much, you know, that people will be like, we can't hold this many people. We don't have enough equipment to, you know, we're, we're 300% over capacity. And the manager smirks and says, don't worry, they won't be coming. And it's so, it can be like our nature, all or nothing, right? Yeah. It can be our nature to not be strong in the grace when it comes to ourselves. And so today I want to talk a little bit about how to spiritually keep going And there's an amazing um, uh, illustration that I'm excited about uh, showing you today visually. But let's start in 2 Timothy chapter 2, if we're not there already. You can follow along with the sermon notes um, on the app. That's available to you. Um, If you haven't downloaded, you can uh, off our website. But I actually would really encourage us all to have a quiet time on this sermon uh, this week. Because as you're... Setting your goals. Maybe you've set some goals for the new year. Maybe you've thought about some things you want to grow in. Maybe you set it in November and you're just going to continue to go on. Whatever you've done, it's important that we understand how to be strong in the grace. So point number one, God is a God of fresh starts. And we know that. Amen. But we also have to be strong in that conviction. Verse one. 
You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So many times I've passed over this scripture. And it's one of the most passed over scriptures in the Bible. You know, because this is the leadership chapter in the Bible. 2 Timothy 2, if, if you want to learn how to be a leader, you're like, you know, it's the, the verse 2 that gets exciting, right? And trust to reliable men who's able to teach others and, and be like a soldier and be like an athlete and, and compete according to the rules. And it's inspiring, isn't it? But this first verse, I believe, is the most incredible verse that he speaks about when it comes to being a disciple or a leader. What's it mean to be strong in the grace? That is a profound thing to think about. Be strong in grace. That is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What's it mean? Grace means undeserved favor. Undeserved favor. Mercy means undeserved forgiveness, right? Undeserved uh, reconciliation, right? I'm simplifying these amazing words in Greek, but essentially to help us understand, it's not just forgiveness, it's favor too. And there's a difference between forgiveness and favor. Forgiveness is your cancel of that debt, but I'm not really in your life. Good luck. Favor means I not only forgave you, but I want you, your life to go well. And I love you and I'm following you around making sure that that grace happens. Be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. This statement, and maybe I'm over-speaking, it decides if, you, if you're strong in the grace or weak in the grace, that decides if you make it to heaven. That's a pretty weighty thing to say. And I, I say it with conviction. Because if you don't understand God's grace, you cannot finish the race. It's impossible. There's too many roadblocks. There's too many demons. There's too many challenges. There's too many failures, church. I've heard people say, you know how many people I've heard say, I'm not good at this Christian thing. I need to give up. Thousands in my, uh, you know, ministry career. I've heard so many people say that. And praise God, I've been able to bathe them with scripture and most of them have kept going on the race. But unfortunately, some have said, I'm just no good at this. I need to stop. And so my prayer for our church is that we'd be stronger in the grace this year. Amen. That we'd be stronger in the grace that's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The Amplified Version says it very well, too. So you, my son, be strong parentheses, constantly strengthened and empowered in the grace that is to be found in Christ Jesus. I think that's a great way to put it, that, that we need to continually be strengthened in, in, in being strong in the grace. We can't be empowered and just, okay, now we're done. We need to remind ourselves of the grace of God and be strong in it. What's it mean to be strong? Well, constantly strengthen. What strengthens you? What gets you to keep going, to get up after you fall? Failures are our illusion in the Christian faith because we have grace. 
We might fall down. We might slip. That's the word David says. He never uses the word failure in the Psalms. He says he slipped. He certainly said, I have sinned. But he never said he was a failure. And I think sometimes that word failure, oh, we failed. We messed up. No, you slipped. You fell. It's time to get up. You know, and, and that's really what I'm excited about when we're talking about this new year and kind of the series we're doing. We're doing a series on Romans uh, on Sunday, which is going to be awesome. We're going to be going through the book of Romans chapter by chapter in an inspirational and preaching way. There's a way to do it in a teaching way. We're going to get super, uh, in many ways, it's going to be a preaching and teaching series, but more preaching. And I believe that Romans need to be preached just as much as it needs to be teached. Or taught. Um, Ecclesiastes, we're going to be getting perspective on life and our lives because sometimes we can judge our lives in an unspiritual way. And that's going to help us be strong in the grace. Um, <clears throat> our first series is This Is My Church. And we're going to be speaking about owning the church as Jesus owns it. Jesus said, This is my church. I will build my church. Amen. And do we own the church like that? Do we own it? Do we feel like it's up to me in many ways and Jesus to make her great? And we're going to speak about how Jesus says this is my church, so we must say it as well. Um, We're going to speak about what happens after we die, which is going to be an awesome series. We're going to speak about death and life eternal. And my mind's already been blown. I'm already studying the subject out and I'm being blown away and encouraged uh, because it's truly inspiring to study. It's going to inspire so many of us, and I believe so many are going to come to Christ this year. And then lastly, we're going to end with Remain in Me, and we're going to be preaching out of John 15 and really speaking as we end the year to remain in Jesus. But all these things really help us to be stronger in the grace. Amen? And we need to have a conviction that that's something we need to inspire. What, what do you want to go after? I want to be strong in the grace. You ever hear people say that? What's your aspiration? I want to be stronger in the grace. I've never heard anyone say that. But that's the first thing that Paul said to Timothy. Amen? Be strong in the grace. I think to be strong in the grace doesn't mean that we all, we take sin just lightly. What grace is, I can't believe God still favors me after I've slipped and fell in this way. How much more grateful I should be. In many ways, when you slip, you get up and run faster because of how grateful you are. To be strong in the grace means to be very grateful. And to be very grateful means that you, you, you also are a person that exudes grace to others. So to be strong in the grace doesn't just mean you understand God's grace. It means you give God's grace to many. Do you give favor to people? Undeserved favor to people. Wow. That's a whole nother realm. But it's not something that we can muster up. It's something that you have to, to really get from God. Amen? Hopefully I'm not speaking another language to you. Are you with me, church? I know this is a little bit deeper than, 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 than just forgiveness. This is grace. And grace comes from a conviction that God is a God of fresh starts. The first thing he says is in Christ Jesus, right? That's 
You have to get that grace from being in Christ Jesus. And this is where we're going to go through a couple scriptures on how God is a God of fresh starts. Amen? Amen. The first thing is, are you in Christ Jesus? Because if you're not in Christ Jesus, then you can't be strong in the grace. And how we get into to Christ Jesus is, amen, through repentance and baptism, through faith in Jesus Christ, as the Bible says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. That's the first step to being strong in the grace and giving people grace is are you in Christ? If you're not in Christ, you can't receive that grace. That grace only comes from doing that. And that's why I'm excited that we're going to be able, one of the best ways we can give grace to other people is preaching the gospel to them. That is the, one of the most strongest thing you can do to be strong in the grace, is remind yourself of the gospel you received. But if you receive this, this is a promise, amen? And does God go back on his promises? He never fails in his promises, amen? amen. So that means you are a person that is going to receive grace for the rest of your life. Because of that promise. Not because of your actions, not because of how good of a Christian you are. I'm reading my Bible right now. I'm going through the Jesus Bible, it's called, and going through in a year. Thank Jesus for the Roots Cafe. I'm loving that place. You can get a Bible for free and a devotional. I felt like I was stealing, but uh, I wasn't, you know, and they give it to you for free. And I was like, wait, I'm getting this coffee and I'm taking like $50 from you right now. How is this a good business? But they're making it work through the Lord's power. And so... I'm reading this, and I'm reading through Abraham right now. And I don't know about you, but Abraham is not perfect. Can I get an amen on that? If I was like, someone wants to marry my wife, and I'm like, just say you're my sister. Just say you're my sister, because I don't want to get killed. How hurt Danielle would be. How much of a weenie coward would I have been? And I'm sorry. Abraham is the father of faith, but that guy just said, he said whatever anyone, oh yeah, sure, yeah, you want me to be with Hagar? Sounds good. What? what? He seems very phlegmatic, that's a word in personality, kind of like go with the flow kind of guy, you know? And is his faith a phlegmatic, faith, is faith phlegmatic? This is a whole other thing I'm thinking about. <laughs> Going with God, trusting in God. He was able to trust God and go with stuff. And that made him the father of faith. Interesting. Sometimes we think we need to be type A to be faithful. This guy was like, go with the flow guy. Let's do it. You know? Then he did it again. And then the kings would get mad at him. What are you doing, man? Why didn't you tell me? You know? We're cursed because of you. Sorry. She actually is my sister. You know, and you think of this guy. And yet God made him righteous because of his faith. That's what the Bible says. Not because of his actions. Abraham is an amazing man. I don't know if I could have taken the knife and put it to my son. I'll never judge that man. He's the father of faith forever. But he is a man of grace, just like you and I are. Because he held to God's promises. Amen? And that's who we are. We're Abraham's descendants. We are blessed. We are given great favor. He says, I will bless you and make you a nation, great nation, 
And through you, all nations will be blessed. I will bless you so you can bless others. That is who we are. We are sons and daughters of God and also Abraham. That's encouraging spiritually. Think about that. Um, We get into Christ through baptism. And I review this because Romans 6 says you're baptized into Christ. There's no other way you can be uh, into, get into Christ through, other than baptism. Amen? Amen. You, can't get, you can't believe into Christ. And, I, and, and many of us know this, but I want to remind you that you are fulfilling God's promise. And therefore, you have great grace at your disposal. Amen? Amen. Um, it says that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What's a new nickname for you? I'm the righteousness of God. Doesn't that sound funny? Isn't that almost like Sarah laughing at having a child? I'm the righteousness of God. Isn't that amazing? That's because of grace. That's because of someone becoming sin for me. So that I might. Amen. It's not a given. Some people think in the universal church... Everyone gets to become righteous. But that's not true. You have to make a decision by faith. Amen? Uh, It says that for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Grace is a gift. And so we have to remember that as, as we're walking this Christian life. Amen? We need to be strong in the grace. And remember, it's always a gift. Forgiveness is always a gift. There's no penance in Christianity. There's only repentance. Amen? amen. And we, I don't care if you're, uh, amen. I don't care if you're, she's, she's praising the Lord. I don't care if, if you know, if you come from a Catholic background or not, we have penance in our culture. And you bring that into your relationship with Christ. You know, we, we, we got to make up for what we did. We have to kind of pang our head low and feel bad. But I'm going to show you something very soon that's going to make, hopefully, change your mind about what it means to repent in a great way. Amen? Amen. And I'm going to do it through one of Jesse's favorite things, running. (laughs) It's going to be great. All right. There's no more condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Why do we condemn them? Ourselves. Why do we condemn ourselves? There's no condemnation. Why do we condemn other people? There's no more condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's, a, that's, a, that's what he says. And I love this. I always skip through this. I kind of stop there usually. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. What is the law of sin and death? That's a whole other series in itself. But essentially, there's a law. If you sin, you die spiritually. And death happens to us all, but we are set free from that. We no longer will die or die spiritually. We've already died the second time, amen, if we die physically, because the first time we died in the waters of baptism. Amen. You with me? Okay. What is God? God is a God of fresh starts. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, Forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. I don't know about you, but that's encouraging. Because I've been all three of these. Wicked, rebellious, and sinful. I've been all three of those. Praise God. That's Old Testament, church. That's Old Testament. 
What's the one thing he wanted to do? He wanted to see God's face. Amen? Show me your glory. The best way to do that without killing Moses was to proclaim his character to us. Our God is a God who is a God of fresh starts. Amen? Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they should be like as wool. God's like wanting to give this grace. He's like, let's settle this matter quickly. Sometimes we take so long to, to feel forgiven. God's like, let's settle this matter quickly. Yeah. yeah, you're red. Let's just get, you know, and I love the snow today. You know, as we look out, we see the snow and the first snow is amazing, right? And then it gets all slushy and ugly. But the first snow, everything's white and beautiful, right? right. That's how we are in Christ. Amen. Always clean. Always wonderfully righteous. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I wait on Him. Lamentation speaks about how every morning, God's mercies are new for us. Every morning. Now, in the background of this, what is Lamentations really about? Lamenting. And the prophet was able to, Prophet Jeremiah was able to still have this truth in his mind. Sometimes things aren't going our way, amen? But God's mercies are still new every morning. And that's why we need to be strong in the grace. I would say it's a conviction and it's a way of life. And if we, if we want to be like Jesus, we have to be strong in the grace. And so that's my prayer for you as we do this fresh start, is that every morning can be a fresh start. Yeah. Every morning, you need to wake up and say, I'm the righteousness of God. My failures are not failures. I just slipped. And I'm going to get up and run quicker because I'm grateful. Right. I'm grateful that, that I'm new again. And that I'm not damaged because of my sin. Yes, there might be consequences for my sin, but even that is done out of love. Because he disciplines only those he loves. I don't discipline people I don't love. I only discipline people I love. And so even God's discipline is a form of love. Amen? Amen. Um, Well, how do we do that? One of the ways that helps me is by confession. And this is why I think about a fresh start. I want to encourage us to confess our sins to one another. Because, I don't know about you, but the, the, the Christmas season is awesome. There's a lot of isolation. And one of the ways that we are able to get cleaned up and our conscience cleaned again is by being open, by, by, by being open with one another. And we have a great relationships in the church here, amen? amen? And I want to encourage you, everyone that I've confessed to has been merciful to me. I confess to my wife. I confess to the brothers. I sometimes confess to the leadership group and, and, and any person. I confess to non-Christians all the time. In studies. And man, they're like, wow, really? It's like they're encouraged. And they should be because I'm just a man, amen, that needs grace. You know, there are times I confess them, oh, it's so embarrassing. It's never like not embarrassing to confess your sin. But I want to encourage you to make it a practice. If you're going to be a person, a Christian, who is strong in the grace, then you confess. Because that's how you 
get that fresh start spiritually. It says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Confession purifies us from all righteousness. And what does confession mean? It just means admitting something. (laughs) What's your good confession? Jesus is Lord. What's your bad confession? I sinned. Both are true. And he's saying, listen, if you claim to be without sin, you're, you're deceived. So here's the thought. If you're not confessing, then you're deceived. And what happens when you stop confessing is you stop thinking you're a sinner. And you stop thinking you're a sinner, your heart gets harder, and you stop thinking you need Christ. It's not a strong, a strong person in the grace confesses. A weak person hides their sin. And I want to encourage you, just with all encouragement, if, if there's sin that's on your heart, please talk about it. There's no condemnation for those in Christ. We want you to be healed and purified from all unrighteousness. Don't we want to be purified from all unrighteousness? Isn't that a goal of ours, to be sanctified? How can we do that without confession? So to be a Christian who has a fresh start, hey, I, I have confession, I was jealous of this person. I have a confession, I messed up viewing this. I have a confession, I'm feeling so upset at my boss. You know, these are the things we need to talk to one another about. Let's not minimize it, let's just say it like David did. I sinned, and this is what happened. It's awesome to be able to do that in a way that really is just helpful to our hearts. You know, I I like this. A clean heart gives you a fresh start. You know, it's important for us to have that clean heart. And in order to get a clean heart, we have to confess. It's part of a discipline of a Christian life. When was the last time you confessed to someone? Crickets. It might be crickets for you. You might say, you know, I confessed yesterday. Amen. I want to encourage you. It's not something like, oh, I checked off a checklist. I view it as... What's on my heart? Am I aware of what's going on? That's what helps me confess. Amen? But I believe you can't have a fresh start. It's not that God doesn't want to give you that fresh start. It's that we're not able. There's a clogging of heart that's sin in our spiritual arteries. And we need to get clean again. Amen? The Bible says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This is what sets us apart from being religious and being true disciples of Jesus. That we get gut level honest and open with one another. You don't find that in other religious groups, right? We go to a booth to confess. We confess to God alone. I love that. It's important to confess our sins to God alone. But the Bible also says confess your sins to one another. Can you be healed if you only confess to God? The Bible seems to say that part of healing means to confess to one another. So I want to encourage us. If we want a fresh start, it's so awesome. You know, you feel like a donkey sometimes. Hey, bro, can I talk to you for a second? I did that again like I did a hundred times. That's how I feel, just, just in my own pride. I want to just confess, you know, 
I just confess uh, something like a little bit better. Like, I just want to give more to God. and just want to do more for Christ. That's my confession. You know, that's what I'd love to confess. Or, you know, I confess that, you know, I just wish I had more time in my life so I can serve Christ more. No, but really, I need to confess I'm a wicked, rebellious sinner. And I need your help, sister, brother. And yes, I have slipped. And I slip. Sometimes we slip on the same twig, don't we? But guess what? Your brother can cut that twig, help you cut that twig out of the out of the road. My wife helps me so much. Sometimes she asks me, why are you putting yourself through that? Just let it go. Some of the conversations that we can have with our spouses even, with the people that are in our family groups, with our friends, maybe it's someone you call outside of the church that you know, that you feel close to. It's all healing, amen? So to have a fresh start, we got to understand confession, amen? Um, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Um, I love this scripture. This one helps me when I'm feeling like I don't want to confess. This one gets me there all the time. This one right here. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. There it is. What do I want, mercy or not to prosper? Hmm. Let me think. This one helps me. This one just kicks me in the butt. Go, sh- go talk about it. Okay, okay, okay. I want to prosper. And you know what? I always feel like the opposite when I confess. I feel like he who confesses to sin does not prosper. But he who conceals gets mercy. That's how I can feel in my sinful nature. Amen? But that's not what the Bible says. And I'll tell you what. The mercy I receive from confession is direct from the throne room of God. It's beautiful. The way that you've helped me repent of my sin. And the way we can help one another. Amen? Um, Grace is our teacher. I don't have time to look at Titus 2 with you. But the Bible says that grace teaches us to say no. You know, someone who's strong in the grace is able to learn the most. And you know what? There's nothing more learning than when you confess something and you get help from it. Right? The thing I realize is I can't repent on my own. Because what I'm doing is still, I'm still repeating this behavior again and again. So I need outside help. Amen? I know that's a logical thing to say, but in my own mind, I think, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. But it's not that way. And as a church, are we instruments of noble purposes? Are we able to be clean like that? Grace is our teacher. I want to talk about this woman Heather Camp. I don't know if I say her name right. And she's a, uh, she won the, um, there's a road mile that she won three times. USA Championship for the road mile. She ran this 800, um, or no, the 600, which is three times around the track. And she was doing really well. And she had her last lap, last 200. And she ate it. She fell down really bad. Really bad. Like there's pictures, you know, on Google images where her face, you know what I mean, is just, you know, she's like. And she just ate that turf or whatever that is. And I'm amazed because what you see this woman do is flat inspiring. And this is what we need to do. 
and understand. This is how we're strong in the grace. This is a visual example of how to be strong in God's amazing grace. And so I'm going to play this right now for you. To see that, um, I've run track, and the 200, the last 200, oh my goodness, you are just going for it. Everyone's sprinting. Everyone's sprinting this. And I don't know what happened. Obviously, she's a phenomenal athlete. I mean, obviously, she went on to do amazing things, but the character is what's so inspiring. We are able to do amazing things, and I'll just read you what she said from this time. As the third and final lap approached, um, Heather was in second place and ready to take first. Then in a split second, everything changed. I was making a move to pass and probably just didn't account for enough space for my long stride, she recalled. I felt my heel get clipped once. And then a second time, I knew I was going down. More than going down, camp went sprawling. She skidded along the ground, her face pounding on the red track as her momentum tossed her legs up behind her. Spectators gasped. It was hard fall that instantly knocked her to the rear of the pack with virtually no hope of catching up. When it came to achieving our goals, a lot of us can feel like this. We start, our, start out strong and make huge strides, gathering momentum as we go. Then we get derailed or fall short of our hopes. Nothing symbolizes this than setting goals for New Year's resolutions. People have been making them since forever. Some make them every year, and most of us have been making them in the past six to ten years, setting the same resolutions. 
I believe that people that fail, fail because they're not strong in the grace. They look at failure as black and white. But failures have taught, taught, teach us more than successes do through the power of grace. When the Heather hit the ground, she could have stayed down. She could have easily become discouraged and admitted that everyone, admitted that everyone was already thinking the race was over for her. It was as if a vacuum had sucked all the energy out of that place. She said at that moment she collapsed. One of the announcers even tried to soften the blow by saying at least her teammate is in the lead. But she didn't. The first thing I remember, she said, was feeling like I was falling and seeing my hands on the track to push up and go after it again. She leapt up as fast as she fell and began closing the distance. The crowd responded as I started to gain momentum. It was like a crescendo of noise and excitement. She remembered, to the amazement of the announcer inspector, she passed one runner, then another, and then finally her own teammate to take first place. This is so inspiring, and I want to say that this is what we can do when we slip. We can get back up again like that. A lot of times, it, the thing that's amazing is everyone believed she was out of it, except her. And all that matters is what you believe about your Christian walk with God. And that's why it's so important to be strong in the grace. Amen? Amen. You know, um, I think we need to end here. I think it's important that we get this point to be strong in the grace, that our God is a God of fresh starts. And as we go through our goals, you are going to fall. You are going to fall. You are. It's not going to be ever perfect. Your quiet times are not going to be ever perfect every day. If you set a goal, hey, I want to read my Bible for 30 minutes, guess what? Tomorrow, there's going to be obstacles. And you might feel like you fell on your face. You know, three days in a row, I haven't really spent great time with God. But get back up. Get back up as quick as you fall. You know, whether it be, hey, my personal ministry is like falling on my face right now. I'm not really reaching to people like I want to. I want to encourage you, get back up. And this is the biggest thing that helps me this year. What's the easiest first step? That's what I want to encourage you to do. A lot of times we think radical is, is, is doing the great things. What was the first thing for her to do? Get back up. That was the first thing. She didn't think, oh, I'm going to come in last place. What did she do? She just ran as fast as she could run. Sometimes we do that. We mess up ourselves. We, we think, well, I, I, I've fallen back. I can't get back up. I want to encourage you, especially with goals or things that you want to grow in, you're going to fall like she did. And as fast as you fall, let's make sure we get up even faster. And I'm not saying, like, let's forget about our sin and let's not, like, learn from it. But there are times when we, we, we just stew in it too much. And I want to encourage us to be strong in the grace means we get back up. Amen? Amen. I love Paul when he, when he rebukes the, um, the, 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 I think, the, the high priest, right? <laughs> He doesn't feel guilty about it. He rebukes the high priest and acts. He says, you whitewashed tomb. 
And the guy was like, you know, he got slapped in the face. And then Paul came back and said, you whitewashed tomb to the high priest in Acts. And they're like, do you know you're talking about the white, the high priest? And he's like, oh, I did not know that I was talking about the high priest. And he moves on. I love Paul. He didn't even know. Oh, jeez. Can I preach to these people now? I, I said he's a whitewashed tomb. What, a, what an example. Bad example I just set. He didn't say that. He got back up. Just remember our dear father, Abraham, who gave up his wife twice to other men. And I say that. It's not a light thing. That's our father. But that's, a, that's our father who has faith and kept going. It's what made him righteous. As you, I don't know if you've set goals this year. Maybe you haven't. But when you fall, when you fall, amen? Sometimes you fall and it's just like a little fall. Get back up. It's a stumble. I love stumbles because you can keep going. I've fallen in cross country and that is the worst thing in the whole world. I wish I had this back in the day. But your, your breath gets all messed up, right? Especially out in the woods, you fall and you eat it and you're bloody. It's not a pretty sight, but you just keep on running and, you know, you forget all about it and you win the race. There are many times where I was able to win a race because I just got up. And that's what's going to happen to us. Let us remember, God is a God of fresh starts. What's the next step for you now? What's the easiest next step? The first step might be, hey, bro, can I talk to you? I want to be open. It might be, God, I'm going to spend time with you right now. You know, it might be, I'm going to just study out God's grace in a greater way. Whatever it is, like Ken talked about, listen. Because this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? For His compassion and mercies are new every morning. Our God is a God of fresh starts. Let's be like her as we run this race. Let's get back up and let's go win the race. Amen.